guys, welcome to Cold Film Interview, the podcast where we discuss the films you love but no one else gets and we see if they still hold up. Tonight, Kyle's trying to make Chris and I like Kung Fu again, and this time his attempt is Master of the Flying Guillotine. So let's start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> where in the hell are we? I'm so sure. Want a date? Listen, sister. If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. This whole thing is turned into a theatrical mockery. You understand that, Mike? Stop eating my sesame cake. Just look like you like me, and let's fan time. All right? No. It snakes up to this pig. Wolfman's got nards. What did I say? No jelly rolls. What are you going to do to me, Daddy? And you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Because, hey, motherfucker. Thanks for joining the cult tonight. We really appreciate it. Do us a favor. Head over to iTunes. Leave us a review. We'll give you a shout-out at the end of the show. Then when you're done with that, head over to redbubble.com and go to the search bar and search CFIR or Colt Film Shop. Purchase a shirt there. And then head over to our YouTube page. Subscribe. Leave comments. People have been commenting on there recently. It's been fun. And then coming up in September, we're going to be back in Film Bar. We don't know what we're doing yet, but stay tuned for that. Uh... As always, I am joined by Kyle Smith. Hey, how's it going? Chris Willenbrecht. Hey, what's up? And Michael Salustio. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is the movie that we're doing tonight. It's called Master of the Flying Guillotine. It was directed by Jimmy Wang. Came out in 1976. Was filmed in Taiwan. Has a rating of R and currently sits at a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. This was Kyle's pick. Kyle, why'd you pick Master of the Flying Guillotine? Well, I mean, you, you kind of called it out at the beginning of the show. Anybody who's listened to the show for a long time knows that I'm a huge fan of, of Asian cinema, and um, Chris has historically not been, and I don't know about you, you're a gray area. I can be very gray area. Yeah, you're yeah. gray area. So I want to, I, 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 this is an ongoing uh, personal series of mine where I'm going to introduce these these influential movies or these popular cult uh, kung fu or samurai or doesn't, you know, films, and I want to see just kind of what you guys feel about them, and I went back and forth for sure on this one because I was between this and I think four other movies that I yeah. watched all four in one day to make my decision. Wow. On on uh, a chair turned upside down. I was. I was teetering <laughs> hard. But like, you I know, don't I just know what leg. I, I I finally decided on this one because uh I mean this one is an undisputed cult film, cult kung fu film. Um yeah, yeah. I thought you guys would enjoy it. Uh so who here had seen the film before, Mike? Yeah, yeah, I thought damn so. right. I've seen this film. <laughs> I mean, let me set the stage for you. All right, buddy. All Please right. do. You're 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 playing Genesis. You're wa- you're playing a little bit of Mortal Kombat too. You go downstairs and this fucking film is on. What do you do? Your fucking head is locked to that screen. <sighs> I guess nobody played Mortal Kombat two. I played <laughs> Mortal Kombat two a lot. Christ. I just thought the I thought that there was gonna be a guy. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be a bigger end to that. It just kind of ended. Yeah. That's how I got. That's how I found this film. That's how I discovered this film. You locked onto it because of the I was video just game done influence. Playing like a Mortal Kombat, yeah. Mortal Kombat just done two, fighting, and I came downstairs, and this thing was on like Showtime or a something. martial arts tournament yeah. movie. And after playing, a martial I just arts remember tournament. my brother and I were like, "Holy shit! Like, yeah, what is this? Like, it's real life. Like, we were like, we it was it was." All the influences came to be. And then after the movie, you guys like snorted a Power Ranger and then Just got. A, yeah, right. <laughs> snorted Coke off a Power Ranger. What? <laughs> you guys got crazy. That's funny. Good on you, that Green Ranger left. <laughs> Let me get some of that Green Ranger. Some of that green. <laughs> um, uh, so, Chris, have you seen this before? No, no, I haven't. Yeah. I, I, I heard about it. Kyle talked about it before. Can I just say, I, I want to interrupt you just a little bit on this because I want to ask questions because it kind of. I had not seen it before either. How do you remember? How do you remember Kyle talking about this film? Not much. Just that it was a a really influential film. Like he's talked about doing it on the show before, and that it just has it. It does have like a real cult following, and that it would be an important film to do. So right, and that's what I heard too. So for a first time viewer going into this film, I was not in on the joke of this movie for a very long time. Because I'm sitting there thinking, like, I'm like, oh, man, like, this is supposed to be, like, this deep, influential, like, cult film. You thought it was, like, Kurosawa or something. Yeah, some shit like like that. You know what I mean? Oh, you thought you were gay. I'm like, you thought a movie called Master of the Flying Guillotine? I don't know. It's going to be some ancient, like, some. I don't know Kung Fu films. So I'm sitting there. Samurai classic. I understand. It's the Macbeth of Hong Kong. Cody, I'll back you up. I'll back you up. Like, you know, not knowing the genre, like, 
you know, still learning it anyways, you go into these, these um, like, kung fu films mostly thinking it's going to be kind of something epic and you're going to have to take it seriously. Yes. And, yeah, and, and, and I don't... Yeah, like, not so much in, like, the mid to... Th- this movie came out... It, it, <clears throat> I'll say this, like, the, when you're talking about, like, kung fu films from, like, the mid to late 70s, so we're talking, like, kind of post-Bruce Lee, pre-Jackie Chan, these movies kind of all had weird tones to them and they weren't as serious. So if you're talking, like, pre-Bruce uh, Lee, yeah, there's a lot of dramas, a lot of period pieces that, that are big and epic at scale. One of the movies I was going to pick is actually way more of a serious martial arts kind of with a with a drama and a story driven to it. Um, but like this area, this era is very like it's almost kind of crazy, a shitload of weird fights, kind of slapsticky, a little fun, dude. I will tell you, for like the first quarter of this movie, I was sitting there watching, like, why do fucking people think this is like, what the fuck is going yeah, on? This, this isn't Seven Samurai. So, no, I, yeah. that's what I was thinking. I'm like, why you're thinking f- you're getting like an art film or yeah, something? Yeah, I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck? Why do people are like, do I not get it? Am I wrong? <laughs> That's the best part of this review so far. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I was super confused. I just had to bring that up because I had heard of it talked in such regard. Mm-hmm. I went into it completely wrong, and it took me a yeah. long time to be like, wait a minute. Okay, this is not one of those. This yeah. is the opposite end. This is so bad, it's it's good end is what I was trying to pick up. I don't up, know I think if on. I would say that either. I don't think uh, I would in say the kung so fu, bad. No, in the kung fu genre? Come on. it's kind of This movie's kind of ridiculous. No, no there's no, a lot. Of, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, no? yeah, there's a oh, couple shit. that are just really just re- over the top. I think this one's over the top in the sense that it's like, it's got a little bit of like fantasy to it. Mm-hmm. It's got, you know, a pretty crazy weapon of choice like yeah it's you know it you're following a blind man who apparently it's, is it, kind of mystical like I, I think the biggest draw for it is yeah i think i think the the weapon itself the flying guillotine is like that's kind of a cult weapon in itself but i think people latch on this movie because of like just the the wild cast of characters the fighters that come to this tournament they're all from different backgrounds they all have like ridiculous names you know yeah. that like Really say exactly what they yeah, do what yeah. about. <laughs> you know, right off the bat, you're just like that's not true. With sword, I have a that's weird what I, idea. That's what I knew. Was that what's a nunchucks? <laughs> <laughs> that's weird. That's a, that's a lost in translation that's thing. <laughs> that's when I. That's when I was in on the joke. Was that was that joke? Yeah, in the movie. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of that, let's get let's get. Well, we should figure out what this movie's really about. We when, should. When we're talking about plots with Mike. Yeah, Master of the Flying Guillotine. It's about uh, a master. Of a flying guillotine. No, he's a he's a guy who lives up in the, a mountain. Um, there's some historical reason why he has the guillotine. He's like an assassin, right? Yeah, he's an assassin yeah. for the current. Ring. Right, exactly. And he's living up on the top of a mountain, kind of a, an era of a seclusion. He's got two disciples that he's teaching his ways to, and then he gets a note one day uh, that was, I guess, strategically planted into a bird that knew exactly when they were going to die. <laughs> it flies to this guy and it says, hey, if you're reading this note, uh, we got killed. Um, it was the one our, the one-armed boxer. This is the guy you're looking for. He goes into a rage and he decides he's going to go on a murdering spree to find this one-armed boxer and uh, avenge his two disciples with his signature weapon, the flying guillotine. I do want to clarify one thing. What's that? All the tablet says is you're looking for a one-armed man. Okay, all right, a one-armed man, <laughs> one-armed. But he knows it's a one-armed boxer when he gets there, doesn't he? No. Doesn't he call that's him he a kill, one-armed that's boxer? That's why he kills several one-armed people in this. No, movie. no. But isn't there yeah, the first the one-armed boxer, the man that he kills? I think the, I thought the first thing he asked was, "Is that the one-armed boxer?" And he goes, "No, that was just." Well, a that's bum. because the one-armed boxer is a very famous fighter, right, And yeah. is known across the country. I just assumed that he knew who the one-armed boxer, no, the at bu- least was by reputation. No, he can't see. The bum said the bum said he was the one-armed. No, he, boxer. he blind to hear a story, Chris. <laughs> he, li- <laughs> he lives in seclusion. <laughs> okay. Anyways, well, anyways, that that's the plot. He goes to go find this one-armed man <laughs> slash boxer who it does in fact exist, yeah. and he's a martial arts master, <laughs> very well respected one. And uh, they use the backdrop of kind of like, well, there's a tournament that happens and everybody kind of joins and they kind of, all the fighters of this tournament also get mixed up in this uh, tale of revenge. Yep. What you don't don't see in the deleted scenes is that the master of the flying guillotine is very chatty. (laughs) So when he he leaves his secluded... When he he leaves his secluded... What are you talking about? I I get it. I get it. As soon as he left the the secluded area, he was like, oh, finally, I get to talk to people. 
He's a real, ch- he's a real chatty Kathy. So he found out, found out in the carriage on the way. <laughs> With that being said, let's take a break. When we come back. We'll talk more about the Master of the Flying Guillotine. <laughs> We're back. We're talking about the master of the flying guillotine. I want to talk about one of the first things that you see on the screen and uh, one of our, uh, uh, I, I don't know what he is yet. We'll get into that in a little bit later. But let's talk about the the monk, the blind guy, the, the uh, yeah. assassin, the master of the flying guillotine. Yeah. He's an assassin. I never caught on that he was an assassin. They have a whole that. thing at the beginning that, of so it. That was like... the entire beginning. <laughs> the, the, vo- <laughs> the voiceover Anything. and the subtitles were explaining that he was an assassin who worked for whatever current family was yes. in power and he would be assigned people to kill that were against it. Oh, I was like why I was wondering why he was in hiding. But he went off on his own quest. No, no, he's just up there waiting. Yeah, he's waiting for the next uh waiting for the next call. assignment. Yeah. Okay. Number, number 1 being blind is no excuse for those eyebrows. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> 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 you gotta, you yeah. gotta manscape. You gotta take care of yourself. Yeah. You know, when when your when your cheeks start tickling, <laughs> you know it's ready. You don't need your sight to know that's coming. <laughs> like, I think my eyebrows have grown well, over. I re- I really let that go over my nose. Jesus, can you imagine like going into this movie thinking like it's this serious kung fu film like I am, and then he just goes on this five minute by himself karate tirade that has like. Whoosh, whoosh, on every movement he does, and I'm like, oh, yeah. really? I was like, yeah, I, I was yeah. <laughs> they use the same sound effect. I was taking it so yeah. serious. I was in such like the yeah. wrong mood set. I was like, this is. I'm really confused. <laughs> like, this is what they think is good in this genre. It's I don't so, know. It's so funny because that's like the that's like that's the stock <laughs> sound effect they use for punches in kung fu. It's <laughs> who do you think like was the foley guy that did that the first time? I don't know. And do you think that guy ever got compensated for every time well, like the sound the, was used? Every time someone jumps, I think it's I think the actual sound effect is like birds wings flapping. Okay. <laughs> makes sounds. Yeah. Which, makes sense, but um makes sounds. Makes yeah. sounds. <laughs> the foley artist, that's what they do. Um but like what do you think? It like do you think it's just like somebody rubbing a microphone for the, every time their arms? I think move? they're trying to recreate the sound of maybe the clothing. Oh, definitely rustling. Definitely, or definitely the fact that they're moving so fast that the wind is. Yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah. just went mic'd up, are... mic'd up like a parachute. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I just feel like they they never thought like maybe we can do this better. So <laughs> also Don't need to never at one point in time. <laughs> at this Seven time years. we see we see the monk with a bird and he finds out that his his disciples he has disciples that are dead that died. Did I get this correct when you're talking earlier? They died in another movie or this this movie? They di- they died in this. They movie. were on a sign. They were on assignment and they got killed by this one armed guy. Yes. And again, I have no idea how they had the foresight. I don't know. To write a, no- a note, train a pigeon. Oh, let's be honest. <laughs> they carved a note. They carved a note. They trained a pigeon to fly it I'm in gonna, the event of their death. I'm going to assume the pigeon was pre-trained. That it's was their communication probably, pigeon. Yeah. But they're like, you know, we're gonna we're about to fight someone. Pigeon, go carve an image of who we're fighting into the stone. Yeah, so but, right. The pigeon carved the image. I have no idea who carved <laughs> the image. Dude. The pigeon is also an excellent like facial recognition oh, drawer. Maybe this is a job. Like maybe this is someone's nine to five, man. What they do is like you walk up to him and say, "Hey, man, if I die." I need you to send off a pigeon. Okay, what do you need? It's like delivering flowers, but it's like I with see. The, yeah, I see. And draw a one-armed man. Yeah. On I need you the... to draw a one-armed man on this tablet. Put a little yeah. bell on the bird because the who the guy it's going to can't see. It's like picking your plot. You know? <laughs> see him he typing see. it in yeah. like yeah. okay, and that'll be fifty-four uh, yen. Also, uh, the uh, one-armed boxer you want me to draw on there. That's gonna be an extra fifty yen. Okay, that's a special order. <laughs> and we'll I have this pigeon right do... away. We'll have you should just right do away. flowers and balloons, but you want a one-armed man. I'll, you know, give it my all. Wait, yeah. how will I know when you're dead? <laughs> 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 
If we're not back here in two hours, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> make sure you get the bell, though. The bell's very important. Again, he can't see. Probably his eyebrows in the way. <laughs> if he would just trim them, he could see fine. If you just trim him, he'll see. He fine. never even tried to see. No, you know, he... his eyes were just closed the whole time. Are you insinuating <laughs> that the blind oh master of the guillotine was never blind at any given time? No, he, he just, just forgot to open his just eyes. One day woke up and said, "Nah, I'm good." Or maybe he maybe he woke up. He woke up I with. I like, need to go that extra he mile. Had too much sleep in his eyes, and his eyes couldn't open. He's like, "I'm blind." Yeah. So He's like, that. "Oh, it's crusty. I don't want to." So, <laughs> so let's talk about the history of the. Uh, can we talk about the history of the flying guillotine a little bit? Sure. Okay. The, we- the weapon? No, no, because he said earlier that it came from two other movies? Yeah, yeah. So there was two films that came out, I think, in like se- early 70s, like 72, 73. That's the, the Flying Guillotine, and then I think it's just Return of the Flying Guillotine. And in those movies, uh, it's also it's also used as a weapon um, by, uh, I think it's like a group of five or six trained assassins that use it. And if I remember correctly, one of them goes rogue, and, they ha- and then... He kills off the other one, so it's just one versus the other in it. But it's a political weapon still in that one. It's used to kill like political uh, targets, people who are against the regime, or, or so on and so forth. So yeah, it's 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 made its rounds in the kung fu like world. So is it different users in the different movies? Yes, yes. Can yeah. I ask the question of, and this is going to relate a little bit later, but are the masters of the flying guillotine in those films the heroes? Uh, they do. They they play. Yeah, yeah. They play the part of the heroes. Okay, and then the one armed boxer also has his own series of films too. Is that he has his own? uh, He has a single film. A single film before this. Yeah, this is technically one armed boxer two. Okay. That yeah. The master flying GT. but yeah, I can't remember how he loses his hand in that one because I, me and Mike were going back back and forth. I realized we were talking about three other movies. Yeah. I think all three starring Jimmy Wayne, <laughs> if I'm not that mistaken. Yeah, we were like, yeah, no, it was this one. Because nah, he also know. played, he, you know, he also played uh, one-armed, one-armed swordsman. He played a one-armed swordsman in two films. <laughs> why why he, is he typecast his, as the one-armed person? He's, you know, he's just really good at that acting style. Because I know for this damn sure he's not really one-armed. No, he's definitely not. You can that, see that, that shit. That hand front, fell his, out a few times. <laughs> You can see that shit just laying, making him look like he's got a pot belly. I yeah. like I like how nineteen seventies uh, uh, China is really into typecasting to a, like a really like granular level. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like if, if somebody, the guy that played Lieutenant Dan, they always want him to play a guy in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Yeah. Like if Tom Cruise had to do Mission Impossible in a wheelchair because of I was born on the Fourth of July. Oh yeah. <laughs> like okay, this is what's gonna be we wheelchair. Got- <laughs> Why am why, I why always in a wheelchair? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it just, well, you I, know. I saw Born for July. You killed it. You That's know? what you are, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were born on the 4th of July. Tom, you will always play a veteran so, coming back from the Vietnam War. What is what is the tournament about? The tournament is just to see who like the most badass person is in Pretty the land. Pretty much, man. That's like what any tournament, any martial arts movie is about. It's usually usually it's it's one school will put it on. Like the the lore of kung fu movies is there is one martial arts school that will have a tournament and the point of the tournament is to bring the best warriors together and hopefully the school hosting it wins the tournament and they can just pat themselves on the back. Correct. Yeah. That's the plan. Okay, so because I felt like this was very much an individual tournament. This was more about the individuals than the, the some of the clans. Not so well, much for like the one, one of those, boxers each one of those rec, rec, Each one of those was representative of that School of fighting. Right. So each one of those was like the top fighter from those schools yeah. came together to fight. Maybe a, even the masters. It's, and it's, a, it's an actual thing. Like I mean, this is exactly how the UFC got started. The Gracies got a tournament That's together true. and said, "Hey, I want we want to prove that Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is the best martial art." Mm-hmm. So the, at the if you ever watched the early years of UFC, yeah. it was ridiculous stuff like a three hundred twenty pound wrestler versus like a hundred and fifty pound Taekwondo guy. Yeah, yeah. And it was all about like that whole concept of the great but it was all based on the fact that the Gracies were convinced they were There's win. a great uh ESPN thirty for thirty on um the podcast about the first UFC. I know UFC I, I directed it actually. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Mike. You killed it on and, that one. Yeah. So there's uh, the fighters in the tournament. Let's get this. Uh, there's a couple of them here. We got the guy from uh, Thailand who's the, the kickboxer. Yes. We have No Knife. No Knife. Uh, who has knives. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no Knife, Baton Knife. Yeah. yeah. Which, 
Dalsim. He's got me thinking how ridiculous his name is. No knife, but I mean, it when, totally means with, I have wins with no knife. <laughs> when he wins with a knife, they're fucking shocked. He could have picked any they other. Shocked. He could have picked any other weapon. He pointed to the very weapon he well, actually he, had. Yeah, he, he picked the one that he could. He could have been easily killed without clubs. And, and people spring load. And people were shocked that he killed. Me. Uh, whoa! <laughs> he said he had no knife. No, but that was the thing. They were shocked, but they accepted it. Like I thought they were. I thought for sure that there's was no gonna rules. like disqualify him. Yeah, there's clearly way. no rules because people yeah. were just dying left right. and right. What? Anyways, that's a good move. That's yeah. <laughs> okay. And then Dalsim. Dalsim, yeah. Yeah, who shows up and his arms. That's not his real name. It's not his real name, no, but that's, that's but probably whatever. The, the, the only thing I remember him. from his name was Yoga Master. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Del- who is Dalsim? And as a kid, when I first watched this, like my eyes lit the fuck up when his arms stretched. I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, fuck yeah. It's like Street Fighter's happening in front well, of me. Like, this is where it comes from. Which is funny because it looks nothing. Really, in retrospect, it looks like the monster from Pan's Labyrinth is fighting in the tournament. Like the one with just the big arms <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. with the eyes. Like, hey. <laughs> hey, I put it together, man. It's a it's style. Really a it's a dude style. Just like holding sticks, which is really funny. As a first time viewer, though, no, it looks I, super I, cool. I, I was into it. I was like, I didn't expect it. I didn't know it was coming. Me yeah. either. I did think he looked like Dalsim, and I was like, okay, like kind yeah. of implanted that idea into my head. And then when it happened, it caught me off guard, but I was very happy to see it. Yeah, it was. It's. Uh, it's. Uh, I well, was. I was waiting for his legs to go, but it, they never gonna, do it. I mean, kind of going into that, like that. That surprise, you know, with like that character is also like kind of something I like about this film, where it's like. Things are subtle, but still sort of fantastic, like being punched through a ceiling. <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, it's so ridiculous. It would never happen. But it only happens every so often in this film that you're like, oh, I didn't see I didn't see it going there, you know? Yeah. But it didn't overdo it. There's these it. little pepperings of, like, o- over-the-topness that happens. Uh, yeah. And it's like, it's, right. since they're, like, peppered in so sparsely you accept it and you like enjoy it but right? only the masters really know the over of topness because they even explain it in the movie they're like like oh he's a good jumper yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. motherfucker you walk know? on an empty like, basket if nice you, jump style. If, you, if you can jump like good like he's like okay now you're re- your real shit well like, you're on my <laughs> level now because i can see that you can jump yeah well, but let's keep in mind that that's that's the whole reason the students want to go to the tournament yeah. right like yeah. they tell the one-armed boxer hey can we go here? At first, he's like very much like, no, no, we're not going to do that. Well, and then they're like, but we can learn a lot from seeing other fighters fight. And that's the whole point of it. I think as, as, um, as I don't want to say crazy, but as astounding as it is for a, a Kung Fu master to only have one arm, yeah. like everybody has that one astounding thing about them. Yeah, and yeah. these students have all gathered because they want to see a dude with tonfas with secret knives come out. And yeah, like, exactly. Kill somebody. I mean, a guy kills a guy with his hair. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, I forgot about that yeah. guy. He's got the long ass fucking hair ton- ponytail whip. While we're <laughs> on it, how did how did that other guy die? Because Which I missed guy? that. Okay, so he puts him over his head, and oh, while the yeah. while the braid is wrapped around his neck, and he chokes the guy out, and he falls, and he breaks his back. Is that what it is? Yeah. He breaks his back when there he falls. Is, there is like okay. not. You're right. I no. There's puncture wounds in yeah, his stomach. Yeah, I thought he got stabbed like, or something. Where the hell did that something. come from? That's I think the assumption is that he did. Snap oh his no! Back, I think I, I thought it was because um, in that fight doesn't uh, doesn't the dude so the dude with the hair chokes him out. Yeah, the guy but with the, the braid. But he he's fighting the big um, the big dude, right? Yeah, I the Mongolian. The Mongolian. Yeah. I think what happened was the Mongolian punched him so hard it actually like because he because he started coughing up blood. So it, when he punched him, it like shattered his chest. That's something uh-huh. that happens a lot in like in martial arts movies where you fucking hit somebody so fucking hard they just start fucking yeah. coughing up blood. Yeah, you fucking yeah. ruptured something. They just like died of like uh, blood one of the movies. Loss. One of the movies I was gonna pick was Dragon Inn and like the main bad guy. That's like one of his moves. Like he fucking he hits like these five dudes and he just hits them in the back and he just start they just start spitting up blood and shit. And he's, he just hits so hard. I like Dragon Inn. They just, make good pies. Just they to go back. Pies. Just to go back real Very quick, nice. as this is going on, uh, this tournament has started. We are we are also following the the blind assassin, right? Who is now just doesn't give two fucks. <laughs> if you got one arm, you're done. You're done. You're done. At the he hasn't got time to discern who is this and yeah, who is that. Because we like, first see him in like the in the restaurant, and uh, that, did we even talk about this already? Did we? No. no. Yeah, we, we first see him in the restaurant. Yeah, and like there's there's a uh, 
there's a homeless dude who's like going to town, eat like eating all his food for free and realizes, oh, I don't have any money. And the whole time he's got his arm tucked away in his sleeve and he tries to get out of it by saying, I'm the one-armed boxer. Don't you recognize me? And the monk just like without even skipping a beat just whoosh, frisbees that shit on his head and rips it right off. Which is, uh, I don't feel like we've discussed maybe the design too much of this weapon. Oh yeah, we should. We yeah. have it at Which all. Which is a fucking pearl chain. It's a pearl chain with a beekeeper's helmet <laughs> on it. Yeah. With it has knives inside. inside of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the best way to describe it's it like is a, a hanging lampshade. Yeah, it, it's like a, it's like a puffy looking frisbee, and then when it lands on the head, the cage drops down, and it, and then when he pulls the chain, it retracts the knives and chops the head off. Yeah, and, but it also has blades on the outside that you can throw like a, a frisbee with blades. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, Correct. A man wearing shades on much the beach, like yeah. hard ticket to Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very much like that. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. That's where they got it from. You know, all those people who haven't seen the film. Hey, remember Hard Ticket from Hawaii? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's to yeah. Hawaii, not from. They're yeah. not leaving. They're leaving. They're, they're I'm entering. Sorry. I'm sorry. My fault. That's a sequel. I, I've never seen the film <laughs> from Hawaii. Yeah, the escape out. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, he just goes on this, and that part cracked me the fuck up because I completely forgot about that aspect of the movie where he's just like, after he kills the wrong guy the first time, he's just like. Well, I'm just going to kill everyone that's got one arm until I get the right guy. <laughs> and, can I, and here's the part that I love about it. If you're ever questioning it, because it's a little vague, right? You're, at first, it's like, okay, the guy killed his disciples. Uh, understandably, he's going to try to find this guy and kill him. And you're not really sure who the good guy or the bad guy is. Right. But at that very moment, it gets solidified, right? Yeah. Like, I thought for a split second, you know, it's like, was that the one-armed boxer? No, nah, man, that was just some homeless guy off the street. You would think he would be like, oh, man, I feel really bad about that. But Hell instead no. he's just like, you know what? I'm double downing on this. <laughs> yeah. I'm killing all the fucking one-armed people right. out here until I find the one I'm looking for. <laughs> he goes he, he goes straight up Black Ninja from uh, Ninja. Yeah, Ninja 3. Uh, uh, yeah. No, not Ninja 3. Oh, uh, Ninja, the first one. The yeah. Annihilation? No, 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 the, no, first, the first one. one the Black Ninja just Enter goes insane, ninja. goes insane, and, yeah. and starts uh, oh, burning yeah, yeah, down yeah. the village yeah. for no yeah. particular <laughs> reason. Enter the ninja. He goes enter the ninja, Black Ninja, yeah. and just <laughs> it's like this is how ninjas actually kill. We're not yeah. stealthy at all. Because yeah. next time you see him, he jumps up at the tournament. He's, he uses high jump to get on yeah. like the the thing, and just because there's another one armed fighter. What are the odds? Correct. Right. This town is filled with one-armed people who are just getting <laughs> well, slaughtered. Well, technically there's only two because the bum had two arms. He was just hiding one. Wait, was he? <laughs> yeah, he had two arms. Yeah, he, he was, was just faking hiding it. it. He was faking Can it. Can I say something? I actually thought that um, because it's so pronounced that the snake fighter, the one-armed snake fighter. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The uh, one, other one-armed fighter. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, the boxer. Right, but I think his name is it's something like Single Serpent. Fi- I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. He has some weird name. But... um. That's the one where you can clearly see his arm is just tucked yeah. behind his shirt. Uh, and I really thought at some point in time he was going to get killed. Yeah. And then his arm was going to fly out and be like, no, that was just his style, dude. He only fought with one arm. <laughs> like, he wasn't actually and, uh, had his arm cut off. And I'm glad you brought this up a little bit earlier about uh, uh, the, who the bad guy is. Because I was really confused up until about that point. I was like... Well, because the movie's named after him and his disciples were killed. Why? Why? This is not. Yeah, like, I'm like it, this one of our boxers. Not a really good bad guy. Yeah, it, 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 like, <laughs> like kind of nice. I think that's why that scene is in there where he kills the bum and just has no mercy because it clearly solidifies it for people who yeah. have never seen the film before. Like, oh no, this is the this is the yeah, guy we need to hate the, right the, here. This is the bad guy. I have a yeah. question though. Is the title of this film like directly translated as the Matt Flying Geeting? Because the version that you sent us, it's got two titles. Yeah, it yeah. says the one arm. Isn't it the one-armed boxer versus the flying guillotine? Right. So is that like the actual title? I think that's the actual title. I think Master of the Flying Guillotine was the domestic title. Okay. Yeah. See, so. it's always like a Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. This it, is yeah, a big deal. Yeah. This is a big deal. This is two huge it's styles. Definitely, it's, yeah, it's but how does how does three three movies lose out to two movies? What do you mean? Because the director, you know, People were fucking bored of the guillotine. Yeah. It was all about one arms at this point. <laughs> <laughs> we were moving from the guillotine era to the one armed era. <laughs> then it was the blind swordsman era, and then it's it's a funny. Then joke. it was Jackie Chan it's a, changed it's it all. It's a funny joke, but you're kind of accurate, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. There was it did. There, there's kung fu did go through. Kung themes. fu went through went through phases. Yeah, they yeah. started out as uh, almost swordplay 
operatic, yeah. almost sorcery, where people had like these ma- magic skills. There was these crazy weapons. This was kind of part of the flying geese kind of part. Then it, it transitioned more to, especially after Br- after Bruce Lee, it transitioned to just people who are great at punching. Yeah. You know, don't need a bunch of weapons to support right, them. Right. So it moved into the more of that fist, that fist kind of fist of fury kind of. The end fight of this film is actually, I would say, probably the last third of the film. There's so much buildup <laughs> that goes into this end fight. It's it's kind of it is pretty epic, right? Because well, the tournament kind of gets like sh- shut down because fucking the monk dude kills the guy who's running it. Yeah. And then the 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 guy from Thailand, for some reason, wants to get the one armed boxer killed. They all want to. So fight the yeah, yeah, there, there is there, there's a blip. Yeah. It's literally a blip that happens um, when we're at the inn and everybody's checking in and getting their rooms, and I think it's a voiceover, and it states that somebody has enlisted the help of other fighters to track down the one armed boxer. I think is what it said. Yeah, I missed it. I only caught a, a small bit of it. So. I and, but there's also the, an aspect of where like where the like the Dawson character, I think there's he's just simply out to fight the best fighter. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, because it turns into like a real um, what's that movie where where uh, warriors? It turns into like a real warriors mm-hmm. where he's like running to get like back, and then he keeps on getting in all these fights on yeah. the way back, like with Dalsim and like. Uh, See, other- that's that's where I got kind of lost in this movie is because I was like, why are these people all hanging out at night, just like looking to fucking fight each other? Aren't they there to like fight in the tournament? Well, I think that's what that blip is supposed to explain yeah. that they're not all there yeah. to fight that. Because you got to keep in mind too is that in addition to one arm boxer being a target of the assassin. He's also a target of the government because mm. he's 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 anti that whatever that dynasty is in charge is right in now. power. He he's against that, which is why he didn't want to take the school to the tournament anyway because he didn't want to draw yeah. attention of the right. authorities and stuff to know where that he has a school and he's teaching people his skill. See, but even if it wasn't that th- that they explained that, I guess maybe because I've watched enough kung fu films, there is, like, a sense of in kung fu films of people fighting just for the sake of proving they're the best. Absolutely. Like, that's a very common thing to be, like, you own a school and the, and the movie opens up with some random yeah. guy walking in being like, who's the master here? And then he fucks everybody up. And the only reason he's doing it is because he heard somebody was pretty good and he wanted <laughs> to squash that shit as soon as he possibly could. Yeah, gotcha. like it's a very common thing. I, yeah, I just, I, it just threw me off as far as the storytelling goes. I was like, why are we here now? Like, how did we get here? Yeah, <laughs> like at this point of the film, how did we get to this? Man, if I'm gonna like, if I'm gonna like gripe on this film, it's gonna be like the way I think I was telling Mike this. Yeah, is you look at you look at Enter the Dragon, which has a similar plot, right? We're dealing with a tournament. All these different fighters coming together. Bruce Lee's film. Um, that movie's good because you have these fights that are happening, but while the fights are happening, they're interwoven with plots, uh, exposition, you know, character development stuff. And that's the one thing that I noticed on this watch, which was, God damn, when that tournament starts, it's literally we're just the audience of the tournament just watching fight after fight after yep, fight yeah. after fight after fight, and then... Those last two fights, the one against the Thai fighter and the uh, the Dalsum character, also are just kind of feel like they're part of the tournament. It's just fight and fight, and then and then the plot and the actual story, which is him against the the assassin, picks up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fight in the um with the, the shed, th- uh, yeah, with the Thai boxer. That's such a good fight, dude. With yeah. the metal floor, yeah. Such oh a good... wow, what a concept! I, like, I yeah, never but your thought shoes of that. Ain't that good, dude. Like, no, yeah, she's like, no, I'm right. He jumps in a bucket at the end of it. Yeah, but yeah. no, that Come shit would have been fucking oh, melted. Yeah. I mean, probably. But, yeah, it, but it was so smart. You took a fighter because, because like he, like you, you saw the scars on his legs. It's from him like kicking walls mm-hmm. and making his fucking shins as tough as nails. You know, and like <laughs> they like, well, how are we gonna beat this guy? He's really fucking good. So they make a metal floor and they light. The ground on fire underneath it. Cause he's barefoot this whole movie. Just to like make a general statement, yeah. like the. The 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 setups for the fights are were so like well thought out and like planned out. You yeah. know, it's like it's so extravagant. Like even like all the traps that are set well, at the end, and it's like, what is he doing with all this shit? Like you're trying to figure out what he's trying to what yeah. he's trying to accomplish, and then finally you see how it all works. You know, but, at but the end, it also often makes me wonder if 
you know, the whole theme of the one ar- this one-armed boxer, right? Mm-hmm. That he he has this handicap that should otherwise uh, make him uh, less of a, a challenge to everybody else around him. That his real skill doesn't necessarily. I mean, yes, his he he's better trained than anybody, but like part of his like skill is like he's smart. being intelligent enough, right? Exactly, yeah. being smart and intelligent enough to realize like, hey, if I can't win a fight fist to fist, like I'm well, gonna yeah. win it. And uh, I'm gonna find. I'm gonna exploit whatever weakness this guy has. Exactly. And e- e- even like more subtly, that happens in the film. His fight against Dalson, he was getting his ass handed to him until he realized this dude's stretched out arm is fucking exposed. That's yeah. a fucking. And he like Weak moves point. to the side and fucking whacks it and cracks his arm in half. Dude, you know, yeah, yeah. that yeah. was a cool arm break. That was a that. really <laughs> fucking good arm break. break. Yeah, I will give you that. But, yeah, but that, I, and I'll notice, and I'll say, that, I mean, if you watch more kung fu movies, right. like the thing I've always taken away from most of these movies, is like, god damn, they put a lot of good thought into how to like kill someone or how to beat somebody or how to counter right. a yeah. strength that turned into a weakness. Shit, dude, even getting out, of, you know, like the the choreography of the fights, like the whole scene where they're fighting, and he like. You know, the coffins are coming at him and he jumps inside the coffin and it's just enough for him to like tip over and roll out of like, you know what I mean? It's just it's just like boom, 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 like one crazy scenario Mm -hmm. after another that people are getting in and out of. Right. Love it. Was this uh, did this influence any more games besides Street Fighter? Obviously, Delcine. I think like a lot Mortal Kombat. I think Mortal Kombat has a lot of influences in this. I mean, the the battleground. Like that, yeah. where the tournament takes place, it yeah. looks a lot like Shang Tsung's level on like Mortal Kombat One, oh. where it's like out in a, like a, just it's just a dirt ground and like there's like some stone. Jesus, being like punched up into the air. I mean, right. that's that's like, in video so games many, all the time. Yeah, a lot of the backdrops and settings and stuff feel like some stuff you would see in some fighting games. I think Street Fighter. Didn't somebody say was yeah. it, like Dolce was in Street Fighter, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then the Yoga Master with the yeah, yeah. Oh, of course shit. I do. But I, I want. I just want to make sure. It was Dude, Street I was waiting Fighter. for a Yoga Flame at any second from that guy. Dude, me too. I was like, come on, do a Yoga Teleport or a kick. <laughs> I was like, just your arms, huh? Well, that's what I said when he brought, first brought him up. Was oh just like God. I was waiting the whole movie for him to like fire out a leg. It wasn't like a in the budget. Weapon <laughs> wasn't in the budget. Who, Couldn't pull that yeah. one off. Whose fucking move is like the nut kicker? Like the guy who just kicks you in the nuts over and over like and over guy? and over again. Wasn't that the monkey no, guy? That was the the dude with the hair. Right? That was the guy with the no. There was, no, no, there was a Daredevil, which yeah, was Yeah, Daredevil. He was the guy, but he was he was only doing that because he was fighting an iron skin. What video game is that, oh, Chris? Oh yeah, that's right. He was. Where you just kick somebody in the nuts over and <laughs> <Yeah>. over again. <laughs> you know, nut kicker. What, yeah, what influence yeah, for the is that? Nintendo Entertainment System? <laughs> Super Nut Kicker Brothers. Yeah, Everybody knows that <laughs> game. <laughs> well, I even saw Legend of the Son- Nut Kicker. Sonic and Nut Kicker. <laughs> I even saw a little bit of Raiden Sonic and Sonic the Nut Kicker. <laughs> dude, I saw Raiden and the Japanese dude too. And no knife. Yeah. No, no knife, knife, yeah. I yeah. mean there's a lot there's a bunch. I mean I I But could you say that about a lot of yeah, kung fu movies? No. So. Yeah, no, but I what I'm saying is I, I think that Mortal Kombat specifically I, I think Kung Lao was definitely the guillotine guy. I would say that. I'd say I think that, that definitely... I, the whole concept of this hat being his weapon and cutting decapitating people, I think that's definitely Yeah, but his hat's not his weapon. No, 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 but He's saying Kung Lao is the having closest. Ha- is probably the closest. Oh, okay. really yeah, guillotine. I think they just took the guillotine. They're like, how would he get a guillotine? I, I honestly here? think I, I see a little more influences over Street Fighter in this movie because this movie's concept is is you're bringing together fighters of all classes and styles oh, no, and everything. No, no, no. You know absolutely. What I mean? That's what, what that's what I'm saying. I'm saying <clears throat> is that it influenced a shit ton of video game yeah. tournament. But I think the tournament fighter genre mm-hmm. like was heavily influenced by this movie. Yeah. And, For sure, absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, when you feels, see some of the weapons, you're like, like oh, yeah, like, I guess that's where that whole level came from because mm-hmm. where did they get this idea from? Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, a pit um, of spikes, you know, like spikes. that's a whole scene in here that I thought was amazing. I mean, there's by no the way. way that. Oh, that, we didn't talk about that. The oh bamboo fight with the knives. That was probably yeah. one of my favorite fight scenes because I was like, this is insane. I had anxiety the yeah. whole time I was watching and that. And that fucking, the dude who demands it, he runs up. He just, he instead of jumping on bamboos, he jumps onto the blades. So for the audience, oh, for God, the audience. Yes. It, it part of the tournament. There's a there's a little yeah. There's a separate what are we gonna call that a level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's another there's another level, and it's all bamboo sticks sticking up out of the ground, 
and one of the fighters demands that he wants uh, knives up or whatever. And they basically go around the bamboo and shove knives into the ground so they're pointing up, and the fighters have to fight on the bamboo. <gasps> Which oh, makes God. me wonder, like, at what, at what point in, in time, is this, like, a, like, a, like a construct of the tournament, no. right? Like, this stuff was already put up, right? Mm-hmm. Just in case. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, does the, is it like a like at any point in time the rules of the tournament have, you could actually have like a game of horse with your competitor <laughs> where you're just like, all right, all right, but behind the three you throw. It's like, all right, all right, but on these pegs with swords sticking out of the ground. Can you beat me in that way? Well, like, it seems weird to me yeah. that they had that ready. I just assumed. Why may- would you maybe- ever choose option B? I, <laughs> I just assume maybe that there's just fighters whose style is specifically like balancing fighting or something. Like you shit. think he made like, an like, agreement before he started the fight, but he's like, I "I'll join your competition, I but I'll say, only do it under the." What, what I didn't understand was like, "Swords coming out of the ground." The guy demands it, and the other guy's just like, "Okay." Like I'd have been like, "Fuck no, we're yeah. fighting on the dirt, I asshole." And the weirdest <laughs> thing is that the guy who doesn't choose it is the one that wins. Yeah, the cocky, the like, cocky guy who's standing on the knives yeah. is the one that fucking ends up landing on him. It's such a weird, I don't know. I don't know how that <laughs> happens. It's so weird. Yeah, with that being said, let's take a break. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. And before we get into the technical stuff, I do want to talk about that end fight some more because uh, we kind of, I kind of said it, it was a long build up. Like it gets a warrior's vibe to it because he has to like run to where he has set a trap mm-hmm. for the master of the flying guillotine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has set a trap at the casket. Oh, uh, he set two traps, remember? Yeah. He sets one trap outside of the place where he kills Burning Feet. Yeah. Thai guy. You got to. Because he's got he's to gotta break the guillotine first. Yes, with bamboo. Yeah. Yes. This is very strong. So, and I thought that was kind of a, that I, again. I thought that was a really smart fight on his part. Like he just kept aiming the bamboo at the fucking guillotine as it flew down until he snapped all the teeth off, and then he makes a fucking mad dash right out of, out <laughs> yeah. of there and runs to the 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 coffin shop. Well, I, I, he kinda, yeah, kinda. He makes the wrong turn into a, a chicken coop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's what and, I. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what I like about this fight too is that this isn't like this is a, you know what it has a feel of it reminded me a lot of Ocean's 11 like the the uh, Soderbergh one okay yeah. because it's like we have this plan and then at some point in time it kind of goes wrong and they got to get it back on track mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's how I felt about this one too and it led me even to believe like did he like you go back to it and you think like did he mean to get him to walk into the coop I don't think he meant to get he him into that have, bird right? shop. So, yeah. right. So he gets in there and immediately he starts improvising, like, okay, I didn't really account for this. Yeah. I had a whole bunch of axes later on. <laughs> I don't have those axes right now. Yeah. So I'm going to start throwing birds at him. And he's like, you know what? <laughs> right. But he realizes he's blind and he finds out when he's actually hiding in there because the guy can't immediately, I think, find him. Right. I think because he can't hear him over the right. bird sounds. But I, I, I noticed, I, at least I thought from the actor's reaction to that was that. Oh fuck! I'm in. A, oh fuck! I'm in like a bird, yeah, like pet shop situation here. Yeah, he can't fucking hear me. How can I like get out of here alive? <laughs> right, and that's <laughs> I gotta I get up to too. stage two of my fucking. Yeah, because there's no way in hell his plan involved getting thrown through the wall into the coffin shop he wanted to be in in the right. first place. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, no. I can imagine. I don't think he's playing. <laughs> he's like, you know what we need in this plan? What a bird massacre! These <laughs> <laughs> well. birds. There's a bird shop next door. That's causing the coffin shop yeah. a lot of problems. <laughs> I'm gonna bring that's the fight the co- in there. That's the coffin shop guy's like, <laughs> yeah. I'll let you use it, but you gotta fuck up the bird shop <laughs> next door, man. My yeah. like, right. god, all day with that shit. <laughs> I'll let I'll let him throw me through the guy. wall. Yeah. It'll be really painful, but I'll do it for you for letting me use the Have coffin this shop. Guy throw this guillotine and cut the heads off like forty of these fucking birds. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
You duck out of the way, but he kills 40 of these fucking birds. <laughs> Shitting all over my wood. <laughs> oh, Get rid of that guy. You know what it's like? You can't, it smells so fucking terrible. <laughs> Can you kill some of these fucking birds, please? <laughs> this is an odd request, but yes, I'll do it. I have I to stop the master of the flying guillotine. I, I'm not going to be able to get over you saying shitting all over my wood <laughs> a second ago. But I do, I do, I do want to talk about the coffin shop, right? Okay, because it's a great fight. Even during that fight, right? It's such a great fight. Yeah. Like, but there, uh, uh, how much do you think was improvised, and how much of it do you think was planned? Because there is a point where, when he gets on the ceiling yeah. and he starts throwing the rocks, right. You see the plan in action. Yes. But I feel like there's a whole part of that at the beginning where you're kind of like, man, either he like was having a hard time getting to his spot yeah. to, 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 to initiate phase two of his plan. Absolutely. Or like, yeah, like I was trying to figure out how he, he got, got there. Yeah, I think, he, I think he, he, he had a plan, but he got overwhelmed by the fact that this blind dude's a really great fucking fighter. Yes. Even yeah. without a functioning guillotine, you know not what only, I mean? Not only that, he gets his ass kicked the whole way there. Yeah, he <laughs> right. does, man. Right. I mean, because we can, we can establish that the, definitely the birds wasn't, wasn't planned. No. But as soon as he gets there, he definitely, it's almost like, all right, I got to get him, his attention drawn somewhere so that I can do my creepy up the ceiling move. Yeah, <laughs> which I want to say every single time he does that, all I can sing is Lionel Richie's dancing, dancing on, on the, the ceiling. ceiling. Me too. Always Little pops in my head. <laughs> That's all I can do. But, yeah, um, and, but yeah, yeah I, I liked his plan. I liked the he was throwing like the marbles or whatever, and he was kind of. I think he, I think the plan was to arrange the coffin shop in a way where. It's a little more uh, free for him to move around, and yeah. he has a little more places to go. I don't think all of those were planned. I think he was, he, I think initially he was probably trying to really just get him to hit the key spots that had the fucking spring loaded axes ready right. to go. Right. And it just wasn't happening for him. But he know? definitely does draw that out. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, like the first like seven are like no axes. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, oh there's <laughs> one. <laughs> like yeah. maybe either he forgot where they were. He's like, oh, I forgot. He's like, fuck, is there one behind the pink coffin? I really, I really planned this out, you know, left to right, not right to left. Uh, I didn't plan this upside down. <laughs> yeah. This is really, really confusing. Shit. <laughs> can I ask this? Right side up in my plan. Can I ask this question? Kind of goes into technical a little bit. Was it edited this bad on purpose? <laughs> oh, you're just jumping it's... into technical. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Why, why do you, do you think? Yeah, what do you think bad, is bad why, about yeah, the What's edit? so bad about it? Some of it feels like it wasn't even like either that the film was damaged. Yes, I think that's definitely what it, it's old film. Yeah, actually the 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 liner notes. Actually no, the movie says at the beginning, doesn't it? Oh, no, it doesn't get copied when I burn it. So, right. when you put the DVD in and you watch it, there actually is liner notes that pop up before the movie plays and it's like the original film uh the the master film reel is like damaged and like fucking destroyed. So, they piece this shit together from copies or existing footage from other transfers and they piece together and then try to color correct it the best they could to make it the best possible complete film. Okay. So that's why there's a lot of scenes where it's just like we're like, what the fuck? Dude, there's was parts that of this. It's like looks like it's burned. Yeah, like, yeah. And there's yeah. parts of this that I even thought looked very video. Like I was like, this yeah. is this doesn't even look like. Film I wouldn't anymore. be surprised if if some some of it came from like a video master they found. You know what I mean? Like, I bet I bet you that's what it is because there is moments of this film. And it's probably yeah. a reason why this film hasn't really because I guarantee this is one of the films that probably would get like. A nice treatment, a nice special edition of some sort, but I don't really think there exists a master that's not right, shitty. Right, because you need that master if you're gonna do like if a you want to rescan it, like, you're you gonna do something... like a 4K. Yeah, yeah, you can't do it off of like like a Betamax. Frankenstein <laughs> of <laughs> different, yeah. different media. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so that, uh, but in terms of like editing, I mean, kung fu movies tend to have a choppy editing anyway, because it's the only way you can really hide the fact that. There's I've, trampolines that they're using, and there's what? like I feel like the editing wasn't tight enough. <laughs> you mean they can't jump to? Are you fucking serious? But, dude? What? There's trampolines. That's how they jump, dude. Well, shut the fuck up. Shut up. How do you think they get <laughs> those so like ridiculous. jump over the camera shots? Plenty of those in this. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it could could have been tighter editing for sure. I, I, you know, but it's just a. I mean, it's the seventies. It's kind of the way they did pace, these, man. They, they you know, they, yeah, they, they, they did it a little choppy, a little chaotic. Because, like, I think overall, especially with the fights, they're, uh, 
that there, I think there's a conscious effort to make them feel as chaotic as possible. Well, the the one thing I do like that they do uh, with their fight scenes is that, especially it seems like with the older ones, not so much in newer films do you see this anymore, but the the choreographing was so tight and everybody was so goddamn on that Perfect. they could go with a wide shot. Well, that's that's the beauty of kung fu films. That's what makes this this style of like when you say like it's bad editing. There's parts of me that's just like. Yeah, but I got to see a, like a like a tracking shot of two guys fighting for two minutes fucking straight. Right. Like I don't give a shit. I mean, otherwise it turns into a Steven Seagal film, which I'm pretty sure is just him slapping the camera every so often and then just sticking his foot out in the thing, and they call it a punch and a kick. Well, you look like, at you, you want nothing wanna... irritates me more than Steven Seagal. <laughs> well, you want because you want to mock just cut so you want to mock like editing nowadays. I mean, we you can look at um, this at look at this tracking shot of two guys yeah. choreographing a great fight versus um, I think was it the first Taken movie? The yeah. one scene of him jumping over a chain link fence was fifteen shots cut together. You know what I mean? Like he never did the action; it was just him approaching the action, kind of going over it. It's like, I do like that. I do like the kind of raw, wide-open shots that you get in kung fu movies because it's just, yeah, like 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 the like one of the other movies I watched before picking this one was just like, holy shit, like the camera doesn't move and there there's 10 people all coming in and leaving and doing this huge choreographed fight that looks fucking aggressive as shit, you know? It does, man. It looks really, I, I got to give those dudes with the roly-poly shields. They were cool. Roly poly shields? Yeah, yeah the, always uh, rolling Iron on the Eagle. Shields. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. the yeah. Iron Claw. That was like anyway, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta to say, me. like, I would say like <laughs> worst martial arts like group though in this movie. It's like shields. And it's like <laughs> Yeah, but that's not fun. Here's the weird thing about it is that I didn't understand why they had the shields and the sticks because like you find out through the daughter what Iron Claw re- or the Eagle Claw really means. Uh-huh. Right. Like, he, she has the ability to, like, just slice things with her fingers. Yeah. yeah. But, like, the initial students, you don't get any impression that that's what they're teaching them. No, they're not that advanced. They're not that good. Yeah, they, they're only on shields. Yeah. <laughs> Master <laughs> Wicker shields and a bamboo <laughs> stick first. And then we can get into how you can tear a man's clothes off with your fingernails. <laughs> Like, I don't understand so funny. what it was all about. Well, here's my question as well. It's like, is this a fight to the death sort of thing, or just if you quit? Because, like, that guy ran off with his pants around his ankles, I mean, and it I was just like... It's both. It's both. It's, and I mean, the, he died and inside. And the fight, by any means... He died inside. If you get knocked out and you can't fight anymore, you lose. If you happen to die during it, you do. My question is, like, what were the rules on, like, weapons? Kind of like there's they're no saying. Rules. That's there's what I'm saying. You bring you bring your own fighting style. You, you bring fight your style own fighting style, regardless whether it has a weapon or not. Yeah. So it yeah. is like a true. And it's ra- and it's again. Ran- I it's think ran- a Mortal Kombat situation, yes. right? There was that era where Mortal Kombat was just like let's pull out they're hammers just, and shit. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> the thing about Mortal Kombat is it had higher stakes. The realm was uh, <laughs> at stake in Mortal Kombat, where here it's just they got to kill that one armed guy. Hey, man, it's 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 the honor of your school. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's a stakes are higher. It's a revenge it, tale. All right. Yeah. Okay. I want. I do want to get into because we kind of touched on technical with the editing. I yeah. do want to get into technical because I fucking love the soundtrack in this oh, movie. God, hundred percent. And that music is so out of place in this movie. Yeah, it's it amazing. It, it's like it's like some techno remix. I think RZA used this some of this shit and remixed it in Kill so Bill. Man, like, I gotta ask too. The opening credit music. That like that weird like rock band that was it, going. Yeah. Like, can I be honest? It felt too modern to be in the film. It almost made me feel like, oh, did they like rediscover this film in the '90s and then give it a new no. layer of music? No, it's, that's the because there's a part of, of me that's like, I want to know who that band is because I feel like they're way ahead of their time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. No, they had a very punk vibe yes! to it, and but like in a weird the, techno way. Yeah, it, the, dude. The music, like, I'm sorry, like I. I I don't want to get my rating away or anything, but it brought this movie up a notch. For I, I me. agree. I was like, I want to own this. Even soundtrack. the, even the, the, this the, is the awesome. I loved, I loved the, the, the assassin song that, oh, that, yeah. yeah. that is so almost cool. like te- yeah. industrial sounding kind of shit. Every so song, good. everything, every bit of music I was a, just a huge fan of in this film. Huge, huge, huge fan. Huge. huge. Fan. I just, so huge. It, it took, it, no, when I heard it, I was like, I would like, 
want to see a movie remade with this entire soundtrack, but like a different movie. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like I started <laughs> way no, different. I started movie. getting like <laughs> Im- images in my head of things. I'm like, this could totally be great for another another movie. Like if anybody ever used any of this music again for something. Hell yeah, get the weekend to pull, sing. I think you? Tarantino used used I, one probably, of these yeah, songs. Yeah, because because I, I know uh, I, I think. I think RZA did the music for in Kill Bill when she's at the tea house and she's fighting oh, the eighty yeah. eights, uh-huh. crazy eights. I think Does that come from this. I think um, I think it's sampled and kind of tweaked, but it's the same kind of beat and same kind of drone kind of tone. That's because it. Le- I could be completely wrong movie, on that. There's but a movie also... that that's like really cl- it's Man with the Iron Fist, right? Yeah, which is uh, RZA's movie. Yeah. RZA's movie with uh, uh, Gladiator. Uh, with Gladiator. From the movie Gladiator, uh, Russell Crowe, uh, yeah, Crow. Russell Crowe's in the it, right? Gladiator. He's like the main dude, whatever. Russell Brand. <laughs> yeah, Russell Brand. It's Oscar too, <laughs> directed by the RZA. No, but like, did he use? Did he? That movie is like so so heavily inspired by this film. I think. Oh, it's inspired by everything. Cat came there out. Even and, is and from Wu Chang like, is heavily yeah. inspired by this. Everything. Well, I know, Shaw but Brothers like, and... I'm, I'm asking if any of those, any of the soundtrack got into that film. I don't know. That's what I want to know too, because I don't remember it being in Kill Bill, but yeah, I, I think that I think he sampled some of it for it. So, yeah. but it would I make gotta... a lot of sense. I just I, I remember yeah. that film when it came out. I was like, all right, so he just remade the guillotine. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, it says right here, soundtrack has been referenced and sampled extensively, including the use of Super Sixteen, which is a song in Tarantino's Kill Bill. Oh, okay, there you yeah. go. There it, it is. There you have it. All right. Facts with Chris. <laughs> facts. Official. Official. This a song does end up Story in Story time with Chris. Wikipedia with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> what are we rating this, Mammer Jammer? Dude, we're going to rate this movie Dull Seams. You got to rate it Dull Seams. Yeah, Dull Seams. Just like long arms yoga stretched flames. out. Yoga, no, do, do the yoga flame image. Can I just say there was, there was a moment where I, when I was watching this where I, I thought like the creators of uh, Street Fighter were like, oh, man, we could have, like get that yoga guy from... Guillotine. He's like, all right, but how do we make him scarier? It's like, let's put some fucking baby skulls around his ass. Put <laughs> some fucking Are you referencing the, <laughs> You referencing that Pete Holmes thing? Yeah, <laughs> he's got the. It's you like, have baby skulls around make, your neck. It's absurd. Oh, where this? It does. It's absurd <laughs> to me. Yeah, like that's they're, shr- they're shrunken head skulls. Come on, Mike. But like, Dawson's a good guy in there. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> such a weird s- right. scenario. I'm sorry, I had to. I, I vented funny. there for a second. I'll go first. All right, Cody's gonna lead on because he wants to set the stage. I'm gonna set the stage. At, here's the thing: I didn't love this movie, but I didn't hate this movie. I'm at a 2.5. Here's the problem with this movie: there's not enough story, which is weird because the fight scenes just at some point start blending together because it's. It's like you get that little bit of story in the beginning, and then he becomes a bad guy. And when that your tournament happens, dude, it's just fight scene after fight scene after. F- from there, it's just like I'm just like, how many times can you guys miss each other? Like, <laughs> like it's just it, it was t- almost too many fight scenes for me. <laughs> I was, it was almost too many fight scenes for me. Uh, for that, I do think the music's pretty good. Um, uh, there is a the, the it, once you kind of once I got along on the joke too that it was like this is kind of corny and it's supposed to be I had a little more fun with it so I'm at a two point five I think it's just a middle of the for me it's a middle of the road film like I don't know I yeah right there okay let's go with uh, <laughs> let's go with Mike next yeah I, I'm gonna give this a four man I I liked the film when it fir- when I first saw it as a kid. And I, and I like it still now. I just think it's badass. I, now and look, and I'm, I, the only reason I'm actually going to not give it a five is because it it could do with a little bit of a re-edit, right? Like I do feel like this is it's such a weird, ironic scenario, right? Like because there are movies like Bloodsport where I don't give a shit that he's being chased by FBI agents. <laughs> the best part of that movie are the action scenes, right? The yeah. fight scenes, right? But it's cut in, interwoven throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Really, it this film doesn't do anything wrong. I won't say the fight scenes are even better than Bloodsport in a way. It's just that they make a huge mistake of just being like, hey, fuck it, all anybody cares about is the fight scenes. Let's put it all in the like one-hour block in the mm-hmm. middle of the film. Yeah. Yeah. And you realize that, like, shit, man, if they had cut this up a little bit and kind of interwoven this bullshit mm-hmm. fucking fight thing, the chase scene I, you know, that I don't care about, like, this could have been a perfect five. Yeah. But I, I think that is. I think that's the difference between... I think that's I you know I would not be surprised if movies like 
uh, Bloodsport and The Quest and all these other films that kind of these turn into movies. Jungle Love, Band, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the other Jungle Love Band movies. <laughs> no, but even uh, Enter the Dragon yeah, looked it, back on this film and said, you know, the well, only Ender thing Dragon that was came wrong out with before. That. Remember, Enter Dragon came out before. That's right, so I can't say that. No, that, that these these filmmakers decided to ignore the fact that they did a great job of weaving story between right. fights. <laughs> because you never, you would, it, there's no way they would make a film like this ever again and, and no. decide to edit where like, just put all the fucking fight scenes in the middle and we'll just, you know, maybe get one more climactic at the end. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But uh, that's the only thing that's keeping me from a five star. I fucking love this film. It's great. Chris? I am, you know, I, as, as as I watch more of these films, Kyle, you're, you're doing a good job at slowly starting to kind of turn me more to, to this genre of film. Yeah. Um, this film surprised me. Uh, and that's a big that's a big thing for me. It surprised me in a lot of areas. I don't at all think that this is a perfect film, and and I wouldn't even call it a great film, but it was certainly like a fun film, and there was a lot of elements that I really liked about it. Um, definitely the action, the like the chore- choreography of like the fight scenes and all of the, like the crazy wacky characters. You know, like that was really fun to watch. I do think it got a little. Um, like you start to lose interest because you're just hit over the head with it over and over again. So you're like, you don't find it exciting after a while. So that, that kind of ruined the pace of the film a little bit, but, um, but even still, like I could see like all the cultural influences, the pop culture influences that might've come from this film soundtrack. Oh my God, dude, like gotta find it. It's, it's a great soundtrack really doesn't fit the film. I didn't expect it. It was one of those things that surprised me about it. Um, as soon as that kicked in, I was like, this instantly makes this movie better. Um, it's got just enough wackiness, you know, to, to, to keep you, you know, wondering what's going to happen next. Um, and this, but the story is a little bit disjointed. So, you know, I find myself wondering, how did we get here? Why are we doing this? Like, why are these people fighting each other right now? You know, like, so I'm going to give it a 3.5. It might go up if I see it again and, you know, put, put it together a little bit better. But uh, 3.5, it was a fun movie. Definitely recommend it. I'm glad that Master, the, the master of the Flying E team was, was actually a bad guy because going into it, I thought he was going to be the good guy. Kyle? Jesus, what? <laughs> what was that? It was like a crow. It's not like you, you so just go he, through puberty just like, now. Uh, <laughs> pop the champagne. I, I kind of sounded. He sounded sad when he said that. Yeah. Kyle, that, tes- that testicle just hit the chair. <laughs> it's, like, it's like my corpse had been left out to dry for years. <laughs> Jesus, uh, that's fucking funny. Um, Let me do that again. Let me do that again. No, no, no. We're good, man. We're keep that in (laughs) that's funny as fuck kyle uh okay yeah man um i don't know how many times this i've seen this movie and i absolutely love this movie um you know on this pass through when i brought it up on the show uh it was the first time that i really noticed uh the only issue with this film which is the same thing that i think we all agree on which is yeah man um you know, when you're a kid, ten fights strung together is fucking awesome. But when you're older, ten fights strung together with no real. Here's the thing about it: it started feeling. It was the first time I ever felt. Each time they pulled a new name out and hung it on the wall, I was like, "Fuck again!" <laughs> Fuck. All right, I'm gonna sit through another one. So, okay, that was a really cool fight. All right, yeah. one side and another fucking name. God damn it! <laughs> and that, so. For that, I, I I knock it down a point for sure. Uh, a re-edit would do this movie so much justice. Um, I still love all the cast of characters. They're all so interesting. I love the intelligence that's put into, you know, how, how our star kind of counters people who might be stronger opponents than him. Like... There, there. He's not just a tough guy. He's smart, and he can. He's, a, he's a tactician. He can plan ahead, which is, I think, great, and it keeps me engaged, and entertained in the story and the character himself. Um, um, I'm coming in at a four on this one. I, I, I really enjoy this film. I, I remember the first time. The first time I found this movie was I was at. I remember I was at Best Buy, and I was just transcended by the the box art because there was like a dude throwing. What looked like I don't know. It looked like a shark mouth on a chain. I'm like, what is this fucking movie? And um, I, I still enjoy it to this day. So I'm coming out of four on it. Um, um, it's not a five because of the things I said, but I'm just really happy that um, that Chris enjoyed it. Uh, another success, uh, whether Cody liked it or not. That's you know, that's on him. I was middle of the road. 
He's got. I was excited that it wasn't what you were expecting to be like an art. Me film. too. I I I, I was, was kind of like dread. I was kind of dreading that it was going to be like a slow, a really slow paced kind of yeah. heady drama. You know? I know better yeah. than that. I, st- I still can't help but laugh at the idea that you thought this was going to be like an art house film. It's like if we watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space and you were just like, man, I really thought this was going to be like... I, I just mean, went wacky for some existential French <laughs> film that reads a lot of imagery and symbolism. I mean, to I feel like they could have played it. They could have played it as like, yeah, like it's kind of like a somber film where he just like goes around. This is the one, this one unique thing that this character does. You know, yeah, he's like a traveling, yeah, assassin. I don't know, like, but there's again, there's no movies. Here's the thing. I, I'll tell you guys. Uh, I'll tell you this. Like most of the films that I will probably pick will have some level of energy and action and kind of a, a great story. I don't know if I'm ever going... Because I'm not a huge fan of martial arts movies that are period piece dramas with a little bit of fighting. Like, if I'm watching Kung Fu, I'm watching it for people on trampolines doing long-ass single-take single, t- single take fucking fights, you know? So, I mean... Yeah, this one was definitely not for the story, though, Kyle. No, it I, wasn't. But, you know what, I want to talk to you, because we discussed no, this on a, a, a now-dead podcast. <laughs> a no, a, a never-started podcast. It reminded me of something that we discussed when, yeah. we, wa- when we watched a samurai film mm-hmm. that I will remain unmentioned and another and a kung fu film that we'll probably review at some point in time yes. on this show. And I remember us talking about the difference between like Japanese filmmaking and Chinese filmmaking. Yeah. We were saying like how different they are because you know, now you think about it and you look at all those Shaw Brothers films and all there's very few that you can really say are like have a really cohesive like the story drives it along. Right. Yeah. Right? Like you like they're like, not they're not yes. usually they're not story driven per se. But you, you know? see some of these samurai epics and well, like, yeah, there's some sick ass fights in them, but there's like gripping fucking like right. There's so much drama that well, like encapsulates. It's, it, it's not normally. even drama. There's like a lot of suspense that yes, happens in San There's a lot of there's a lot of buildup. It's a lot of that kind of the same thing you get with like uh, Sergio Leone mm-hmm. Western, where like the last fight just fucking builds for five minutes and like what's going to happen? What, who's yeah. going to shoot first? And you get that a lot in San Francisco. But yeah, Cook Fu, it's really it's more fast paced. Let's kick him out because you got to keep in mind with Shabra, this little backstory like these movies had a set budget and like a set time frame to get done. So you would just crank them the fuck out as fast as possible. Great. Now he has the sword. Great. <laughs> Great. Now he, he has, has the sword. sword. <laughs> gotta put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> I don't care that no one understands it. <laughs> I just like, think it's such a yeah, great shirt. I would wear the shit out of that. Great, now he has the sword. What movie is that from? None. Nothing. It's from real life. It's from Hard to Get Remember Why. My friend said something, and I put it on a shirt. <laughs> I loved it that much. Oh, well, thank I'll never forget that. Thanks. <laughs> That's our show for this week, guys. Do us a favor. Head over to social media. Uh, follow us at Film underscore review on Instagram and Twitter. Leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. Also subscribe at YouTube. And then head over to redbubble.com, CFR, CFIR in the search bar, and or Cult Film Shop. That's right. September, we'll have another uh, live uh, show at Film Bar coming to you. Uh, you can follow Kyle at You can follow me on Instagram at cultfilm underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris at cultfilm underscore Chris on Instagram. You can follow Mike at at Mike on Twitter. And you can follow me at VHS Collect on Instagram and Snapchat. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you're going to join a cult, make sure they watch good movies. We'll see you next time. Yeah, he called it out, man. <laughs> <laughs>